Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. This podcast is brought to you by Versanta. Situated in the heart of the merchant city, Versanta brings a taste of Scotland to you. Versanta has a passion for using seasonal local produce from Scotland and are here to ensure their guests have the very best experience from the moment they walk through the door. At Versanta, you can expect a variety of Scottish food from mussels and scallops to home-cooked favourites including mince and tatties and steak and sausage pie. Their resident chef Dom and his team serve an array of culinary delights to suit every taste at affordable prices. With highly skilled bartenders who have travelled the world, they will conjure up some of the finest cocktails for you with their extensive knowledge of the drinks on offer. There's also the unique private dining room, the Hideout at Versanta, which is a charming space ideal for a variety of events, from corporate dinners, networking events, press launches, intimate gatherings, small boutique weddings and private parties with seating for up to 40 guests and up to 55 for more casual events. Also available every day is the Bubbles and Bites, which incorporates some of the Versanta's favourite dishes, which you can enjoy whilst you sip on a glass or two of Prosecco. And on a Saturday and Sunday, you can join the team for their weekend brunch, available from 9 in the morning until 1pm. Versanta is open seven days a week from midday, and genuinely, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I am pretty obsessed with Versanta. We at the GGCR and Versanta are also a partner of the website, so all members can flash their keyring for some great deals. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. On this week's podcast, we catch up with luxury handbag and accessories designer Sarah Harum. Hear from this amazing woman as she talks of her move from IT to fashion, of her personal journey into the unknown and gives us an insight into the process of handbag design from concept to finished piece. I'm totally, totally a handbag gal over like a shoe gal. So for me, I was completely captivated by what Sarah was saying. Sarah Haddon is also a partner of the GGC. So all web members receive 20% off everything at Sarah Haddon's website. So do check that out if you are a member. So without further ado, over to Sarah. Thank you very much, Sarah Haran, for joining us on the, the GGC podcast. Delighted to be with you, Laura. Oh, thank you, thank you. So we are just catching up today about all about Sarah, all about your 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 past career history, what you're doing now with your amazing um, designs of you know luxury handbags and accessories. Yeah. That is um, what you are very synonymous and well known for. So um, and Sarah is a partner of the Glasgow Girls website. So I am keen to get out and really get to know my brands and get to know the people behind them so that mm. in turn the listeners can know all about you as well. Um, so if we start from the top then, Sarah, yes. you were formerly a COO of a tech company and now you are a <laughs> designer extraordinaire of luxury <laughs> handbags and accessories. So tell us about you know how you got into IT, how you made the, the change into fashion, what... Start okay. from the top. Start from the top. <laughs> well, we've we got 12 hours. <laughs> yes, <laughs> joking, <laughs> joking, joking. So I never actually set out to be a fashion designer, and I'm not even sure I could call myself a fashion designer, but certainly I never set out to be a designer of anything particularly. And actually, I didn't even set out to get into tech. It was just something that happened, and I really think it was more about timing, to be honest. Okay. Because technology really has taken off in the last 30 years. Um, when I first started in my career, 
I had no idea what I was going to do and I just happened into technology really. Um, I got into call centres okay. and so that was really back in the day and I know in Scotland we've got loads of them now and it's something that we do quite well with a yeah. Scottish accent is meant to be um, very loving for people oh, and I very comforting in a hear. call centre environment. Um, but I had just moved to Scotland and I didn't have a job um, and this company were looking for somebody to be an account manager. Um, I'm not even sure I knew what account manager was, to be honest. Okay. Um, but it sounded like they were going to pay me. Um, <laughs> so always good. Always a good thing, yes. So I got this job and I was looking after what turned out to be um, customers, um, the Red Cross and um, the Disaster Emergency Committee, okay. um, a whole load of charities and Quick Fit. Yeah. And basically what we were doing was handling their telephone calls for them, okay. um, just like you do in a call centre nowadays. And my job was to look after the customers and try and find new business as well. Okay. So that kind of really snowballed um, in time. The guys that had started that company, they um, sold it to Scottish Telecom, um, which was great. Scottish Telecom, obviously, were doing telecoms. Yeah, absolutely. And they wanted to find more ways of creating what was essentially dial minutes, i.e., selling their telephone services okay. um, so they bought um, the company um, and we all worked there and eventually we kind of figured out that we could probably do a better job of what they were doing for ourselves so the two guys that I was working with they had obviously got money from the business that they had sold yep. and decided that they would start something new and in between all this the internet had started to just start coming around and one of our big clients was Microsoft um, wow. So back in the day, really, even Microsoft knew they were selling their software. Yep. But this email thing had just started. Okay. And people were starting to ask them to look after email and also give them email accounts. Um, the big thing you had in those days was CompuServe, which okay. probably no, nobody would even remember. Um, but everything was with a disk and you'd have to put a disk into your computer and dial up. And there was all these modems everywhere. So... <laughs> We thought that um, this could actually be the beginning of something quite big. Uh, so we decided to go off and start a new company. Um, and that's what we, we really did. Okay. And we were selling um, ISP services um, to anybody. Our first business was really mad as a fish. Um, okay. And it was an ISP. Um, and I remember that one in particular because we were um, trying to sell, or not sell really, we were giving away discs at Tea in the Park and it was the first tea in the park that they ever did up at Strathclyde Park. Right, okay. Um, and we were there handing out these little discs with a big fish on the front um, and trying to get people to join us so they could dial up and get onto what was the beginnings of the internet. So it really was a long wow. time ago. We don't even have tea in the park anymore. I know. Um, but we were there handing out discs. Yeah. People were looking at them going what do I do with this? What is this for? Is it like a floppy disk? It was like a floppy disk, yeah, in a little container that works, Brilliant. you know, because that's how people got into yeah. internet in the very early days. So dial it all forward. We got a little bit bigger. Um, we went public in 2000. Um, we just got through, actually. Um, the difficulty there was that the whole big dot-com burst, bubble yeah. burst, um, so we were meant to be going out about £3. We actually got off at um, our 
at 90 pence, which was pretty good. Okay. And then pretty quickly after that, we went down to three pence. Yeah. Um, and we really then built our business up again, crawled our way back yeah. to get to where we are today. The share price is, is hovering between um, 3.90 and £4.11. So okay. um, that's kind of where we got to. And really that got us into what was managed hosting. Yeah. That was essentially what we were doing. So that was looking after lots of people's back office, okay. um, looking after all their cloud computing and helping public sector, helping corporations to get into the internet but actually have everything managed in a cloud computing environment making sure it stays up 24 by 7 365 days a year and my job was really making sure that that happened um so we had a large network and (laughs) yeah it was quite a big job as it turned out when we started the business the one thing we always said was we're not going to start a business with lots of people in it again are we and we're like no 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 definitely not as it turned out it's turned into a service business uh-huh. um, and when I when I decided to change my own um, career um, about a year ago we had about 480 people so it was right ra- what turned out to be rather a large business yeah absolutely yeah so in amongst all that I was making handbags as a hobby actually because I my work-life balance like you were talking to yes. me about earlier had yep. uh, got slightly out of kilter yeah uh, it was definitely <laughs> so, <to speak. laughs> so easy to happen I yes. was working rather too much um and I think I wasn't a very interesting person because all I was doing was working, working. um and I didn't have any hobbies and you know I, the, the kids were start were a lot more grown up as well so I actually found I had not much to do yeah um at the weekends and all I was doing was working so I thought well what do you like doing um I had made clothes for a long time okay um and I thought I don't really want to go back to that yeah I would like to do something that's that you can put up and put down quite easily yeah um so I thought about shoes because I love them but just because you love them doesn't mean you should make them yeah so I thought how what else would be quite nice to do um but that time I was traveling quite a lot um so I thought well how about a handbag let's make a handbag yeah so that's really how it started um when we had gone public that really did set my traveling off particularly down to London um where we had offices down there um and we had a few regional offices in Manchester and Leeds and sort of all over the UK yeah so literally was traveling um the airplane policies had changed you know you only allowed one bag um, and things were a bit more difficult getting through security so I thought I would design a bag that I could use that I could use all day every day and could be changed up and would also keep me really organized yeah um so lots of pockets inside simple things just to make a girl's life easier when you're traveling and when you're doing a job really absolutely Um, a real focus on functionality functionality was really you know I wanted to create beautiful things and I wanted them to be stylish I really wanted them to be functional Um, for me that was much more important than them just being a one-off piece that you might only use to go to a wedding or a special event yes I wanted something you could use all the time and feel happy about using and not be so expensive that it was your best bag that you kept in a dust bag in a cupboard. Yes. For me, that didn't seem much point. Because I'm sure that happens. That happens, yes. I think, all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll keep it for best. And I had people say that to me when they buy my bags. And I say, no, 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 use it. It's, you know, it's designed to, to last. That's um, good. It's got a lifetime guarantee. The idea is you use it. Yes. Um, well, exactly. So that was kind of uh, 
how it all got started. Brilliant. Um, and really, I was at a crossroads about a year ago, and I could have stayed on the board and could have continued what I was doing um, in the tech company. But I decided, actually, the only way to try and make my handbag um, hobby grow a bit was to actually spend more time on it. Yes. So I decided to come off the board and um, go out, strike out on my own, and give it a go. Brilliant. Um, so it was a complete change of scene. I have no network whatsoever in fashion, so it's literally been building everything up again. Yes. Um, so whilst I've got a pretty sound business background and quite a lot of experience, and businesses are all pretty similar in the foundations, yeah. but just knowing, you know, if you've got a problem, I don't know, who, I can't just phone up somebody and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can I bounce this idea off you? Because I don't have a big enough network, but um, and that's And it's such a difference. And it's so different. It's so different. Yeah, I can't, you know, and I do phone and I chat sometimes to my uh, mates in IT or my colleagues or people yeah. I know in IT and say, oh, what do you think about that? And they always start by saying, well, I don't really know anything about handbags, but, you know, and you're like, yeah, will that work? And so if, if I was ever to get a mentor, I kind of like would like to get somebody that really does know about, you know, the whole fashion industry yes. on the sales and execution side, because I think you get to the point where that's the most important thing. You know, you can have yes. the most brilliant business, but if you can't sell it um, and sell your product or your service, then it's just a brilliant business on paper, actually. All businesses need revenue. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So you need the revenue to pay the bills eventually. Yes, well. Unless you're running a charity. Well, and even if you're I running know, a charity, you still need money coming in. Absolutely, so to pay for everything. You do. So, yeah. So that's, I think, for me, my biggest challenge going forward now is really about sales execution. Yeah. Um, but people love... People do like the bags, and I've got a fifty percent returners coming back to me. So that means if somebody's bought something the first time, yes. they are coming back. So fifty percent of the people I've sold to are coming That's back brilliant. and buying something else. Another fifty so. percent are still going with their bags. They don't need their bag. This is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem. I know. This is it exactly, and that's something I hadn't really ever thought about actually, but. Um, I should have been more, I should have thought more about fast fashion. People change things. <laughs> but no, that's not really me. And I suppose the changeability element with my handbags is that you can change the look of it. So you can change yes. the fronts. You can put a different bag on the front of it. Um, you can put different tasks on. You can put a different strap on. So you can make that one handbag look really different. Yeah, to your um, own style. To your own style, them, exactly. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So talk, talk to us about the different styles that you've got then, because you've got... Yeah, so I've got five five different styles now. Um, The one that our Dahlia bag is the one that we sell the most of. Yeah, it's our original bag. It was the one that I really used. Um, It was my sort of inspiration for that first job that I was doing, going up and down those airports. Um, And I've sort of developed another set round it, all with the same sort of functionality idea. I've tried to keep that as the sort of thing that I do to be known for. Um, But we have a a larger shopper, which again, I've used really lightweight leather, um, because if it's a bigger bag, it becomes more heavy. Um, so you don't want the leather to be so heavy that it's like your shoulder is giving you pain. Yes. Um, it has the removable pocket idea as well. 
which um, is fantastic which is really quite handy that you can use it and I know a lot of bags have got a little takeaway pocket out of it but sometimes it's a secondary add-on and so they've not put as much effort into making that look functional yeah or be nice for going out yeah absolutely because um, sometimes when they've got the bit at the front if it's a zip you then can't use the other yeah, you the can't bigger use the bag. other bits that's you it can use, so, yeah. but with your bags you it's, could have them as separate bags can, and they yes. both look perfectly standalone yeah standalone items um so what i've tried to do really is just round off that the whole of the collection um because everyone has different types of bags that they like um and i've got the smaller ones i've got the end the accessories that you can then buy to add to the main dahlia bag um and then i'm constantly trying to come up with others so i've got another one that's going to be a zip all the way around and with shoulder straps same concept again that we're working on that at the moment um i've actually got about five or six other designs all coming through um because people like new things but yes. it's just trying to build up the collection so yeah. i can go for a, a wider market as well brilliant um, so talk us through the process then of of the idea so feeling inspired the idea to then it being a, okay. a handcrafted um handbag product yes. yeah so when i first started i made all the handbags myself and I did all my own design. I still do all my own designing and my own, what they call sampling. Yeah. So I will come up with a, an idea in my head and I can see it in my head. I can see how the things would fit together. Yeah. Um, so that's that's quite helpful from a construction point of view. Um, I'll make a pattern, normally out of paper, um, and I'll try and just make sure that it all works first. Yep. Um, then I'll make it in a, a sort of a cardboard and then I'll start to cut leather um, and then I'll use quite a lot of just old bits of leather okay. um, just to put, put the bag together. And I'll see if it conceptually works. Um, and I'll maybe make two or three of those until I'm absolutely satisfied that it was all sort of fitting together, make any pattern adjustments, um, do whatever I've got to do. And yep. At this stage, I'm doing everything by hand. So I'm cutting and um, the patterns with scissors. But when I cut the leather, I'm using a scalpel. So it's quite a hands-on. Um, the state of my hands will be a t- will be testament to that. Not at all. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, by the way, everyone, Laura's got amazing nails. Oh, that- <laughs> so she's got amazing hands. Oh, so she oh, looks oh, thank amazing. You. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, so I do all this cutting um, and then I'll make the um, handbags myself. I've got a sewing machine, I've got a skiving machine. The skiving machine allows me to thin the leather. So when you do a turnover at the top, oh. um, it's thin enough that it's, so it's almost like on a dress. You know, you've got very thin turnovers. Okay. But if you imagine leather starts off between, you know, a millimetre to three millimeters to five millimeters thick so if yep. you start putting things together you're going to have a very chunky bag at the top yeah um and means you can't really work with it. you can't sew it very well in it and it doesn't look very professional yeah um so using that machine and a sewing machine those are the two key things um i then sew it all up and make sure it'll work and then i'll use it for as maybe for a few, couple of months um and then I will then take it to production and that's when really I'm using a returned bag that they all make for me as a sample yep. much more in anger I'll go out in the street with that the samples that I make now um, because I have not I'm not doing all day every day yes. my skills will dip slightly um, and I want them to add that final touch 
Um, and also, because I've built a brand, it's all about how it looks. People don't want to yeah. see me with my tatty samples dotting about town. But you, you're um, so busy so, as well. And, you're, and I'm and busy you're now. involved in every step of the process. Yes. So having the production um, in this country actually was one of the things I wanted to do to start with. Um, mainly because, you know, if you go too far overseas, then it's very difficult to control the production yep. um, side. So having it in the UK means I can go down to the production place um i've built a good relationship now with them and they yeah. know how i think and they know what what we need um and they do 90 percent of the production and i but just in case i've also found another production place over in spain yeah um, mainly because the uk we don't have the skills yet either okay. we don't have enough handbag making factories in this country okay. we've obviously become quite service orientated yes. not really strong on manufacturing as much yeah. there's a great resurgence of that going on which yeah. is brilliant but we're sort of in that field of um not enough companies that can do it so yeah. i don't want to be left where my production something goes wrong all of a sudden oh, absolutely um, not. so having in other places is a good idea um and then once they've made their final sort of um sample for me that's the one i'll then start to use okay and then i'm testing it again um so at the moment as i was showing you earlier i'm yes. working on a bag it doesn't even have a name yet yes. it's in the same genre but this one's got a zip all the way around and it's but it still has the extra pocket it's got shoulder straps as well as a long strap and i'm just testing that yep. just to see how it works so every so bag is tested every by bag you is tested by me for functionality, functionality. yeah absolutely Fantastic. Yes. So talk to us about the genre of the names then. What are you, you're obviously influenced by yes. Yes. flowers and... Flowers. And, yeah, so... When I started actually, it's really difficult to find it, find what is really essentially a naming convention. Okay. It's actually, you know, and a lot of companies are doing, you know, are doing street names or yep. doing girls' names, you know, there's yes. lots of sort of different ways of doing it. Yep. Um, and I thought, well... I actually really like gardening, so I find that quite relaxing. Yes. Um, and I thought, well, there's a whole bunch of flowers and trees and things that you can use under With the term name. plant. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, um, so, and a lot of thing, a lot of actually, back in the day, the Victorians always named products and their children um, after flowers. Right. Um, okay. So I thought, well, that's quite nice, um, yes. and I and I quite like that whole sort of old and that sort of living for a long time sort of feel about okay. you know the victorian era and you know nowadays we all you know we've still got victorian houses i live in a victorian house um yes so it a just stunning kind house of nice. <laughs> thank you thank you but it just seemed it was nice and it was kind of me so um I've been using flower names and then been trying to find the symbolism behind them. So that like Daisy, for instance, um, that was a very strong Victorian um, name. And it actually meant about um, you would give that to people if you wanted them to keep a secret okay. or new mothers because the Daisy's all about new beginnings. Okay. Um, that's kind of its symbolism. Lovely. Um, so with the Daisy, the inside pocket, you can turn it around and hide things and people might not know oh, that that's what it's that's there. That's so nice. Um, and the dahlia is all about um, the different layers. 
Um, so the flower has got different layers and I thought, well, my handbags have got the different ways of wearing them yes. um, and the sort of the functionality around them, just all the little different petals and things. So it kind That's of lovely. gave me some symbolism there as well. Um, every bag's so got a story. Every bag's got yeah. a story, yeah. So this bag yet to be named um i'd asked followers actually on instagram what they thought so orchid actually seems to be um, a name that's that's coming through quite a few people it's, come pretty. Up with that. it's pretty it's nice also, and it's yeah and it symbolizes strength as yes. well so yeah i think the bag is probably very good for business females yeah um so you want to go to a meeting feeling confident and looking as though you you mean business yes um so that's and be able to find things easy and find things easily nothing worse nothing worse nothing worse and in fact um sarah showed me the key yeah the key Key chain chain inside the bag which actually is ingenious yeah such a simple thing such a simple thing because at the amount of times you'll maybe stand in especially in scotland in the rain at your door fumbling about and then you yes. put your bag in the ground it's got soaking and That's you're just it. pulling out yep. your seats and everything all you need to do is keep the bag on your arm hunt we put the keychain in the same place in all our bags and you just, and it's long enough that it will actually go up to your front door um so that for me is about the function because yes lots of bags have got a little tag to hang your keys but actually nobody that's put that in has actually thought about well how is that going to be used yeah uh-huh. um, and for me that was that was really important yeah um, so yeah the whole functionality thing and I guess that comes from my background being in operations whereby I always wanted things to run smoothly yes. and have processes and procedures that made us as a business easy to do business with yeah um so, so really for me a handbag yeah. you know you want a handbag that's not only nice to use gives you lots of usage but is actually um easy to use makes yeah. your life makes easier your life easier yeah and if your life's easier with a handbag sounds a bit silly but that makes you more confident um about what you're doing and you know you've got everything in your bag that you need Oh God, absolutely. Um, And you offer a bespoke service as well. Yes, so I do bespoke. And so that is people can come to my studio um, and I'll sit with them and we'll talk about, you know, their lives. Not just generally their lives, but, you know, (laughs) how a handbag might help them um, in their lives. um, And what sort of reasons why they want the handbag, what their sort of style is, what colours they would like. You know, they might decide that they want the dahlia with longer straps or... You know, they might want it in different colours. Um, okay. It's just whatever they need. Um, we can, I can then put together a little um, package for them. And then that, then I will then send that off to the factory. And then the factory will make it to, to order. Lovely. Um, so it's actually quite nice. Very special. It's, yeah, it's a really special thing. And it's been working for husbands or people that want to do it for special birthdays. Yeah. Um, because they can pick the leathers. And it means something that they keep that knowing that they've been involved in the whole design process absolutely um and you could do that with hermes but you know obviously you have to spend ten thousand pounds well so yeah yeah, which is not exactly (laughs) ideal and uh, not very achievable so and i think that's one of the things although you know at the first look you say oh sarah your handbags are really expensive but actually because they're made handmade they're made in the uk um they've got lots of functionality yeah they've got you know high quality they will last a lifetime um i think that although i didn't want to you know go at crazy prices i never wanted to go over 500 pounds yeah um i did want to have an affordable handbag yes and i know it's an investment but you know a good handbag that is an investment, will, is an investment yeah. and it will last absolutely um, and it seems you know 
that it's not ridiculously overpriced. You know, like Mulberry, you, you know, spend eight, nine hundred pounds on a yes. handbag, and even and I do think that's you know that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and then you, at that price, you really will put it away. So for me, it was about having a bag you really could use. Absolutely. And I love hearing the stories back from girls that have been using them, telling me, you know, how it's really helped them. Oh, that's and good. They've gone to XYZ meeting and they found their pen and, you know, they got their computer out and they looked professional. Good. Um, so that makes me feel good about what I've produced. Exactly. Um, so it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. I always say to my husband when he questions me paying for um, nice luxuries which are yes. investment, I always say, well, if you think about the number of times I use it, yeah. divide the cost by the number yes. of times I use it and then it ends up being like 0 0.01 pence. So you're yeah. like, it's a bargain. It's a bargain actually, <laughs> yes, yes. So I've done that, yes, £1.35. Yeah. Um, and you pay, that's less than buying a sandwich every day if so, you think about exactly. it. Or a so coffee. Me, or a coffee. And so, you know, in fact, it is less than the price of a coffee if you go to some of these exotic coffee well, shops. Well, I know, so, I've got a month's worth of coffee it. and that yeah. would be your bag. That's your bag. So, so yes, that's it. The, that's how I try to justify everything yes. yeah me too yeah, and makes it works sense. it, it does works. Yeah. Um, and you've got lots of obviously we mentioned the customizable parts are brilliant yes. and you use lovely patterns there's there's animal print there's the floral yeah. do you have how do you kind of come up with that is that based on fashion trends or is that based on um, customer wishes customer or? wishes a mix of both really so because i'm making a handbag that's got to last it does mean that you can't follow um trends slavishly yes. because otherwise it means then the bag doesn't last yep. um, but with the ability to change the front of your handbag with the pouch yes. it means that for a lower cost investment you know anything from um, £105 to £150 yep. you can then pick up this season's trend then put it on the front of your handbag so this season we're going to be doing a lot of animal print um, animal never goes away anytime yep. but um, it's having yet another moment oh. so <laughs> this it is always a, comes. yeah it does and <laughs> So in my bags, it's an easy way to buy into that trend. Yeah. So you could buy a black Dahlia handbag. It will come with a black front pocket. Yeah. But you can take that off and then put a leopard print pocket on the front. So that's Lovely. you bang on trend. Yeah. And then you can take that off in the evening and wear it. You can go for full leopard, you know, right the way through. That's <laughs> it. Go for your whole leopard outfit, including your handbag yeah. and your shoes and yeah. probably your headband by the time it comes around. <laughs> Uh, so you get the whole look yeah um but then you can mix and match it as well um so the other thing with mine is you can actually attach other pockets to the pocket so you could go really banging funky and go for spots oh, as well nice. as leopard yeah. print you know so or you can tone it down and just use plain colors so again it was for me it was all about having something that was quite functional but yeah. also stylish absolutely um, and that's a good way of buying into into the seasonal trends yeah um without then feeling as if you've bought a bag that you can't use next season because, you know, it's green with polka dots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or it's, you know, whatever the brightest colour is. It seems um, to be very, that seems to be very unique to you. You don't, yes. that's like having that option to completely change the personality of your bag yeah. is a great one because yes. it means that you don't need to start afresh if you wanted yep. something with a wee bit of leopard print or... Yep. Makes so it, keeps it a, simple, keeps it simple. Yeah. And then after that, I actually try and look for leathers that you don't see everywhere else um, because I think that gives it in, its individuality yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so we use, um, we use the, um, the 
the leopard prints and the um the cow fur which has been which is basically yeah. his skin yeah um but they've left it rather than taking off all of the the hairy bits you keep it on and then yeah. they can dye that and they can put patterns onto that so nice bright colors is yes. always good with that it's nice for color pops um or we do the exotic so it'll be a a printed um leather that looks like um an a, 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 a python um, or we'll do something that looks like stingray. Yeah. Um, and these are all leathers that have all been printed onto cow leather. Okay. Um, so it's a nice thing to way to decorate, but it keeps it a bit more exotic yes. as well. It looks a bit different. Very unique. Um, so that gives its uniqueness. Yes. Um, which a lot of my customers like. They want to, to look a bit different. A bit different. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So you mentioned Mulberry earlier on. Yes. Did you, did you do a apprenticeship? Is that right? With yeah. The... So um, when I was learning to make um, handbags, Bags, um, I was going to as many places as I could to try and learn the skills yeah. and there really isn't in a place you can go and just you know you can't do a college course that says yeah. I'm going to learn how to do um, leather work um, so I managed to find it actually it was a, a bat, small bag it's a um, a company in London and they basically teach you how to make shoes but they also do as a sideline handbags okay. so I managed to get on the course um, and it was quite difficult because uh, I had to take time off work. I had to organise all the children care. Yeah. And at the end, just a, a few days before it was meant to start, they phoned me up and they said, oh, look, we're going to have to cancel this because we don't have enough people. I was like, what? What are you talking about? I want to do this. Yeah. And so after much debate and negotiation, the woman then said, well, do you know what? We'll let you come on your own and you'll have the whole course to yourself and I was like that, now now you're talking that's a lot better that is your business that's a lot better yeah so then we, we settled on that I think I had to pay a little bit more but you know I was like worth well it. it was worth it yep. and as it turned out the lady that was doing the course was the ex-creative director at Mulberry back in the day um, and she'd, she'd left there and she was obviously then teaching um, handbag making skills yeah. um, and various other creative elements around that. So that was great. I'd already reached a level whereby um, I needed more help, but having her there and we designed a bag and we just did the whole week and it was it was great. It was just Brilliant. me and her for a whole week. So absolutely perfect. Um, that is, and such a kudos as well. Such a kudos just, yeah, to, yeah, to have uh -huh. had that experience, yeah. And then following that, I, um, I think another... I'd left it another sort of six to nine months and felt I needed another injection of skills. So this time I managed to find a place in Ireland, of all places. Oh, lovely, okay. Um, yeah, and there I went for a week again. Um, and I worked in a factory, a small handbag-making factory um, in Dingle. Um, and that was great. We worked on the shop floor. They always laughed because we paid them, but we did all the work for them. So it was actually, for me as a business person, I thought, this is a really good guy. This is a really good idea. <laughs> that's, it, that's it, yeah. So, and that was great experience again, because that really helped me because it was more of a sort of a production yeah. type idea, the approach. Um, so that was really helpful. We stayed there and it was lovely. So I learned lots from that. Um, I remember I was still working in my tech job at this point, um, but this gave me the grounding that yes. I needed really then to be able to make bags for other people. And it gave me the confidence to make them and to yeah. make them properly. Um, so, so that was really so, so it was helpful. so important for you at the beginning to invest in yes you, you know your skills and invest yeah, in absolutely brilliant yeah okay. and I think everybody needs to do that in any business you have to 
keep learning you know yes. I do say every day is a school day and yeah. I do really even today I still learn different things um, and I think when you are going into a new industry that's really important and if you're starting your own small business yes it's really easy just to sit at home and think well I know everything about this because well I've left my company or I'm starting it in something I'm good at yeah but actually it's all the surrounding bits um, uh-huh, that you, you always need you don't think about before you that's start it, the business and all, all the things you don't know and the thing is when you start a new business you don't know what you don't know anyway yeah um, so exactly exact. it it's a learning it is a learning so people thing. that are maybe not so open to learning that you'll find maybe don't succeed if you like because yeah. They've maybe thought, oh no, I know everything, so it's fine. And then, yeah. but no, but you don't, and you do need to keep learning. You do need to be, and you need to be self-aware that um, no one knows everything. Yes. It's an impossible mission to know everything. Yes. You might be really good in your field, yes. um, but you'll never know everything about everything. And there are really clever people around. Exactly. Um, but really clever people doesn't mean that they're going to be successful business people um, yep. or have any common sense, actually. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> often it's yeah, the cleverest. The cleverest exactly. <laughs> Way, so, yeah, here we go. So yes, um, so yeah, I've tried to keep my skills going. Now, obviously, when I um, left the tech job and I knew that I wanted to do this as an actual um, business, I knew that I was going to have to find production. Yes. Um, so knowing how to make the bags already is really good when you're speaking to manufacturers. Okay. Because often they deal with designers that don't actually, and I did find this surprising myself, that don't actually know how to make something. Right, So okay. they can design and sketch and make a beautiful product, but don't actually know oh. how to turn that into the actual product. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, knowing how to make it was helpful in the whole manufacturing yes. production. And if they say to me, oh, well, you know, it takes... 40 minutes to make that and I'll say well that's funny because I managed to do that in 20 minutes so if we practice you too will be able to do it in 20 minutes and then we'll be able to get the price point down for what you're charging me for your production yeah I guess Um, if you don't know that they're easy to get that to say you know this takes this and this yeah so therefore we'll charge you x when really it might be possible for it to be y yeah um so that has been so knowing your craft Knowing your craft is good. Important. Yes. Right, so do you have a favourite bag of your range? I think actually the one I use the most has been the Dahlia, um, and that's because I found that to be the most functional. Yes. um, And in fact, you can change it, and it's quite nice. Um, And more recently, though, I've been using, flitting between the the Daisy and the um, Iris. Yes. Um, And... I'm not a great hand, although I have loads of handbags, obviously, because I make them now. I don't really use other people's handbags anymore. That feels as, I feel true. as if I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and people might question me, like, but your Why bags are something that you wouldn't cover. I know. And if I find it doesn't, well, well, if I find it doesn't work, then I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll design something because then that's a gap. Because if it's yes. a gap for me, then it'll be a gap for other people. So yeah. at the moment, I'm making some smaller sort of bowling bag type things and. I made the saddle bag um, because I think that's a nice different yes, style. Absolutely. Um, and I want to make sure I appeal to lots of um, different women. So, yeah. you know, I go in and I've been targeting business women as my obvious vertical with my background. Yes. Um, but, you know, not everybody has to be in business to use my handbags. Yeah. Um, but it does give me a vertical because you can imagine the whole handbag market is huge. Yeah. Um, and I'm this tiny little unknown brand, you know. 
shouting not out long. somewhere. Not um, hopefully, Laura. Thank you. Hopefully. But you, um, have, you have had your bags worn by some celebrities. I have, and... yes, yes. So um, I've got, you know, Rachel Wise has got a bag. I've never seen Rachel Wise wearing it, mind you, because, of course, the other thing about celebrities is um, they tend to do a lot of red carpet events. Yes, when um, they And perhaps uh-huh. don't really yeah. tend to chase Somebody them. else has got Someone their bag. Someone else has got yeah. their bag, yeah. So um, I don't get a lot of photography that way. Um, but, you know, in time, I am designed... I've designed actually a lovely it's a really cute little small bag that you could actually use for more of an evening um event as well um so just to fill that gap because again a lot of my ladies that buy from me they are going to sort of more special type events and weddings um so they're going i'm going to have that coming out rose should be coming out soon it's actually at the photographers at the moment Um, and we've got a shoot next week so we'll get some lifestyle images and then we'll be able to start getting those done and getting the pre-orders for that yes. and on the run up to Christmas Great. so see where we get to. So you've got a process then you, when you're launching a bag you'll, you'll do a lifestyle shoot with every bag? Yes, yeah, so the way it goes, once I've got the bag and it's been tested and I think it's going to work, um, we do small runs of them to start with yep. because you don't know and it's, yep. it's quite an investment in the whole manufacturing. Yes. Um, so... I'll normally do maybe 10 of each style and each colour. That protects me from, you know, crazy investment. And then if I find it works, then I order more. Because a lot of the bags are made in this country, it means that my timelines are much shorter anyway. So the manufacturing process can be three to four, maybe five weeks at the most. Um, So it's doable. Yes. um, As long as I, you know, don't make too many of them yeah um so at the moment um production we can keep on top of things okay so once i've got the first proper production samples made um and by this time i've tested them i'm quite happy i'll then send them to a product photography company and they'll shoot them and make them look super duper luxurious for the website and get them up to website quality because again we've got to make them look aspirational of course um, and we've got to get people to buy in because we're direct to consumer it's not as if they can go and look at the bags in the the normal way just just yet anyway um so the website has to tell our story and that is the hardest bit you know it's the biggest challenge for me if it's an unknown brand if people don't know what the bags feel like um it's are they willing to take a chance yes. and if the price point you know is a bit more expensive yep. you might think well do you know what we're just going to buy a mulberry and we'll spend double the amount on a mulberry which i do find fascinating I know, I know. um but you know i've got to build the trust up in the brand um so having a really good website is really key yep. um then after that we'll do some lifestyles so we'll we'll do some what we would call reportage so the bags with a model or or a real lady or somebody yeah. anyway that looks the right for my brand okay. and we'll take some photographs of them using the bags yes um and then we'll put that on the website so that people can see and it gives scale yeah. and it gives ideas for how to style it um and then they're on the website which we'll normally we'll try and put them up for pre-order yeah um and if we can get pre-orders that's great but if we can't then we don't we yes. won't yeah and then yeah. we hope to then to just try and sell them um but it's a it's a you know it's hard it's a it's a very crowded marketplace yes um 
you know, I'm up against, you know, the Michael Kors and Coach and Mulberry. Um, they're not really my competitors, if you think about yeah. a typical competitor in terms of size and background. Yeah. Um, but they are going for a portion of the market that I'm clearly going for. Um, a lot of people buy Michael Kors bags, which is great. You know, he's got yes. a great story. But they're not very original anymore, um, yes. and it's quite saturated. If you're looking for something different, then you know buying a Michael Kors handbag isn't going to give you that uniqueness. Yeah. Um, so it's just really getting that story over to people. Yeah. Um, and actually, you'd be amazed how many people buy brands just so that they can show off yeah, or absolutely. you know That's show probably, their own status. Yeah. Um, and my customers probably maybe gone a bit beyond that. They they want something different, a bit more unique. They want some functionality that's different. Yes. And they like the story. Um, and hopefully they buy into the brand. Yeah. We can then grow it. And, uh, you know, people say to me, why would you go into handbags after you've been in tech? Um, you know, in tech, yeah. we have a recurring monthly revenues. Um, with handbags, you start each month with zero in yes. the bank, quite yeah. literally zero. Um, and you've got to try and get sales. Yeah. Um, and it's it's tough when you're up against, you know, a big market. But, um, but you wouldn't I, change it? I wouldn't change it. No, uh, my husband might think, oh, go back to tech. <laughs> <laughs> we could work out paying the bills. We don't listen to them. Um, but no, we don't want to listen to them. And I think, you know, I've worked for a long time and I think it's nice to now to be able to do something different. Yes. Um, and I've really enjoyed what I've been doing so far, even just going out and talking to other women and showing them what I'm doing um, and then seeing the bags. Um, and it does give me a kick when they get the whole story and then they realise that actually they can be more confident. Just be, And it sounds a bit weird, you know, confidence. People think you're born with confidence, but actually you're not necessarily at all. No, um, and no. people can have things around them that make them feel more confident and a handbag is great for that. Yes. Um, and the way you dress, you know, and that all has to coordinate and look right with a handbag. And actually a handbag is a really easy accessory to make yourself look different and, yeah. and look look more powerful or more casual whatever your image you're trying to get yes. over um it's an easy wear it's an accessory that's easy to pick up you don't need to take all your clothes off and you just pick up the right handbag handbags are definitely my thing over shoes yes. i think sometimes your women tend yeah, to go for one or the or other shoes yes so, it's yeah. true. and i think yeah, when you've so. got an organized handbag you feel organized you it's crazy yeah. but if you've just had a kind of slapdash morning and everything's going in you can't find anything that sets your mindset off in an unorganised route and that yes. seems to be what happens the rest of your day. <laughs> yes, exactly. It all goes wrong. So it yes, all goes it wrong. Does. So, yes. so yeah. what's the dream then, Sarah? What's the... Um, I know, yeah. At the moment, probably getting through to next year to, would be a good dream doing this. Um, but I think, think larger... Um, I would like to have my own sort of lifestyle retail outlet. Okay. Um, where and I don't and create a customer experience actually round the whole um, accessory side of it. So yes. I've got this sort of thing in my head where we could have this amazing um, area that people could come to. Um, they could come in, feel relaxed. They could come and um, maybe get their nails and get their hair done. But yeah. actually, more about um, feeling comfortable to just relax and things. There are nice products around them, so my handbags would be there clearly. Yes. Um, but other things that I like, you know, maybe you know, really nice white t-shirts or white blouses. Um, 
And also there'd be people there that they could talk to about how they style themselves. Um, yeah. So it's much more of an experience. Okay. Um, so God knows, you know, I might be slightly barking, but it's sort of a clubby feel yes. um, in an environment whereby you come in. And I think actually for businesswomen, there's probably not a lot of that going on. No. Um, so... I always think it's maybe Albright on um, steroids. Now, Albright is a, you know, I think probably yes. most of us have heard of that, yeah. sort of that clubby thing, but putting a wrap around it um, and then trying to build um, something that's bigger than just being the handbags um, because the handbags are great, um, but I think that's just a small part of anybody's lives okay. and females' lives. So if I can create a wrap around that, um, but, you know, might be a long way to perform that. It might not um, be but, though. You know, it's such a good idea. That's something yeah. Just to just to make it um more than than what it is. Um and have complementary brands that um, collaborate and give somebody a sort of a whole lifestyle type thing. Wow. Um so well, whether that's got any chance of getting anywhere. I know, who knows, I think it's but, got uh, really start good with some handbags first. Yes. People it would be certainly be coming yes. along to that yeah. as well. So, there we go. There <laughs> Absolutely. We go. Well Les Azina, thank you so much yeah, for thank joining you so us much today. As well, um, Laura. What you're doing is brilliant as well. So oh, let's not forget you. that. Oh, no, thank you very much. But um yeah, that was great to speak to you. You're very inspirational. And Thank I'm you. very 100% sure that your dreams will come true. We'll get there. Absolutely. <laughs> but right now, let's sell a few handbags. Sell the bags. It. Everybody sell get the bags. a bag. Everyone's sure. got to get a bag. Yes, no, they will. Right. They will. And as a partner of the Glasgow Girls Club, the members yeah. get an exclusive discount, which is fabulous. So yes. um, join the club and you shall have access to that. So Good. thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.